Hello, this is Rob Tabbert for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Been a bit of a strange time recently, but I thought I'd give a quick update for all of our fans, followers and subscribers about the future of the channel in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic, which has seen several shows and several sports, even not just boxing, cancelled for the foreseeable future. Uh, a couple of hours ago, we had Josh Kelly versus David Avanissian scheduled for March 28th, cancelled or suspended, should I say, as well as Lewis Ritson versus Miguel Vasquez and Terry Harper versus Natasha Jonas. Um, with that being said, of course, this means uncertain times for everybody, not least of all ourselves. Um, it's going to be rather difficult to continue to produce boxing content, but continue to produce boxing content we will um, over the next coming weeks. A uh, challenge for everybody, myself included, a completely new way of working. I myself, along with another member of the Boxing Social team, are currently self-isolating. So leaving the house and going to interview people or having people come to my house and interview them um, is unfortunately for the moment out of the question. Uh, thank you very much for the support that we've had, not just in the last couple of days, couple of weeks, but um, over the last couple of years with the channel. Uh, really appreciate all of the suggestions about new content for those who uh, interacted with myself yesterday on Twitter. Um, we've got some new exciting content ideas to continue to give you your boxing fix during this uncertain time and uh, quite a worrying time. Um, if you're wondering why, I'm currently sat outside in my garden, um, I'm self-isolating at home with uh, my two-year-old daughter who um, is not going to be very quiet while I do this video. So expect to see me outside a lot more in the next couple of weeks, couple of months, depending on how long this goes on for. Um, just wanted to say for everybody who's been following on the news and following on social media to please take the necessary precautions with regards to the coronavirus, wash your hands, don't go out unless it's absolutely necessary. Uh, just stay in, watch Boxing Social and turn on your notifications to see what kind of content we bring to you. Uh, I've got a few interviews that I actually filmed before the coronavirus pandemic that we will be putting out across our social media platforms and of course here on YouTube over the coming days. Um, and we'll be thinking on our feet and bringing you new ways of interacting with boxing content, um, telephone interviews, podcasts, um, all suggestions are welcome. But yeah, we look forward to, uh, to getting you through and helping you get through this, this testing time and give you something to maybe focus on that isn't, strictly speaking, coronavirus talk all the time, although I'm sure there will be some of that going forward. Um, an uncertain time, I think, lies ahead for all of us. And um, yeah, we're just gonna do as best as we can at Boxing Social to continue to bring you some sort of boxing content um, until we get back up and running again. I just wanna say a huge thank you to our sponsors, Betfred, who have supported us through this uh, uncertain time. And yeah, keep going and keep, uh, keep safe, uh, keep surviving, and we will do our best at this end to keep bringing you new bits and pieces. So from me, Rob Tebbett, and the rest of the Boxing Social team, thank you very much for all of your continued support. Um, do, if you haven't, click on that subscribe button, turn the notifications on, because we will be having new bits of content coming to you probably within a couple of hours. But yeah, thank you very much, and we'll see you soon.
Now, the British Boxing Board of Control has announced it's cancelling all fights under its jurisdiction with the decision due to be reviewed at the start of April. Uh, Sky Sports' uh, Spencer Oliver joins us live uh, right now from North London. Thanks for joining us, Spencer. Right, what impact will this have on boxing? Listen, it's going to have a massive impact in boxing because we don't know the certainty or the future of the sport, you know, the immediate future of the sport. It's, it's, it's a big problem. It's a, it's a global problem we've got to overcome. You know, this is not going to go away. And if that means shutting sporting events down in the, in the foreseeable future, then it's got to be done. But it's going to have a massive effect, obviously, in the, on the sport. Yeah, we had a little chat with Eddie Hearn late, earlier. He uh, told us the bigger fights, he thinks, AJ against Pulev, would not be behind closed doors. But could you see that option perhaps for, for lesser fights, less prominent fights? Yeah, listen, I, I think, guys, look, I think it's definitely an option because, as I said, this is a global, this is a global problem that we've got here. Um, it's a, a pandemic that we need to get rid of. You know, I think that we've got to, you know, in the divided world that we live in, we've got to put all the politics aside and we've got to come together and, and sort of get rid of this virus. And if that means doing sporting events behind closed doors, etc., then I think that's something that has to be done and I think it's something that could be done and I think that's a decision they may well take in, in April when the British Boxing Board of Control have that meeting, it may be something that needs to be done because boxers, boxers need to be paid, you know, boxers need to earn a living and while, 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 this is, while we're on lockdown and there's no boxing shows, it's going to be difficult for some of the fighters that are out there, so I really feel for them. But it's also going to be a big problem for the, for the fighters if they do go ahead. If we go into lockdown, how do they train? You know, we've got to look at all these side of things. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things to overcome and um, the uncertainty of boxing is, is, definitely, is definitely a big problem. Yeah, because it's not just what goes on in rings like you've got behind you for the 12 rounds or whatever. Mm. You have to be physically ready for this training camps. I guess they're almost yeah. self-isolation, aren't they? But they, you have to have the right people around you. You have to go through that training mm. or otherwise the dangers increase, I would think, would they not? 100%. Look, if you go into self-isolation, now, a boxer, he needs to be running, he needs to be running regularly, he needs to be sparring regularly, he needs to be doing his pad work to get his timing, to get his fitness up. Now, that's a massive problem if he's just training at home on his own. What's he going to do? Just shadow box? That's not going to be enough. And that could cause problems. And I think that that's what the boxing board of control are going to be looking at in the ring and they'll still want to fight. But the reality is, are they going to be fit enough? And, that, and that's what we've got to look at. And uh, one of the other implications is, is a worldwide travel ban. You might be able to travel internally in your country. So does that perhaps put more prominence on domestic fights going forward, would you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. H hugely. I mean, Derek Jezora is meant to be boxing on the 23rd of May against Alexander Usyk. You know, that fight's got to be in, in doubt because due to the travel restrictions. And, and the same for Dillian White versus Alexa um, Alexander um, Povetkin. I mean, that fight could be in danger as well. Povetkin, you know, has got to, got to travel as well. So we don't know if these fights, they're all uncertainties. You know, it, it depends whether fighters can travel. So you can't just do it internally. You can't just have British fighters British, uh, fighting British fighters because, you know, when you put an event on, you know, th th there's fighters come from all over the world, all over the globe. To make an event 
work, you know, we have to get fighters coming in and we don't know, we don't know if people are going to be able to fly in the country, out of the country, you know, because I think the next seven to ten days are going to tell us a lot more. You know, we could go into lockdown and, um, and then, you know, we'll find out a lot more after that. You mentioned Derek Chisora there. Let's just break away from coronavirus-related issues for a moment. We had David Hay naming his top five heavyweights. Uh, and despite being Chisora's manager, he wouldn't name him in his top five. What do you make of that? Well, I think that's a fair assessment. Listen, I've known Derek Chisora since he was 17 years of age. He's a great fighter, Derek, and we know he always brings a fight. He's become a, a crowd's favourite. People love him. You know, if you look at the guy's record, he's had over 40 fights. I think he's lost nine of those now. Normally, if you look at heavyweight's career, if he's lost nine fights out of 40-odd fights, his career is pretty much over. But Derek Chisora is very much at the top of his game at the moment. It's a... Is he a world top five heavyweight? No, definitely not. You know, if you look at the landscape of the heavyweights that are out there at the moment, they're so strong, you know, with, with, with the top heavyweights that we've got at the moment. Tyson Fury, Dillian White um, and Wilder, um, just to name a few. OK, thanks very much for joining us. Lovely to speak to you. Cheers, guys. Can you tell um, Coogan the service we've had in London since we've been here and how, how hospitality the city is? Very hospitality. Hospitable, you mean. Hospitable. That's what he means by uneducated. There you go, that's uneducated again. Go yeah, on. the town, the London has been very hospitable. All the people here is nice, everyone recognises you. Yeah, we had a real good do in San Carlos, Chiquitos, Chiquitas. Really nice, all the people was nice in there. We've had a good few days down here. London's nice, London City's a good place to be. We've got a nice hotel, St. James's Court, near Buckingham Palace. Yeah, no, that that's the Taj Hotel. That's the Taj Hotel, yes. Very uh, Western in there. Very nice. Good. Had a good few days. Paris, do you know when Tyson says he's got like all these different split personalities? Mm. But that's from like a media point of view, and you know, sometimes he comes here and he's whatever, and then other times, like today, he's quite normal and blah, blah, blah. When he's at home, has he just got one personality? No. Oh, when he goes, he's the exact same at home. He's got 20 personalities. And I, I've to, I said it in the last interview with you, I said he'd seriously need a straitjacket because he's not sensible. You go, you go to him one minute and you say, what are we doing today? I'm not doing nothing, I'm sick of life, I'm not going nowhere, I'm staying here. And the next minute he puts his clothes on, gets dressed, and, oh, come on, we're going somewhere nice today. And I'm looking at him like puzzled completely. But it works. Uh, ultimately, who wears the trousers in the relationship? Yeah. I let him believe he wears them. She's got trousers on today, hasn't she? So That's why I said it. But, you know. So she's obviously wearing the trousers, but, you know, man's got to do what a man's got to do. Woman and does what a woman so you know, does, you know. washing and cleaning. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I've washed and cleaned um, all day. Would you describe him as hard work, as yeah. a husband? Hard work, definitely hard work. You can see his and hard what about work, her? 
my hard work. Oh, what about she? About Paris, would you describe Paris as hard work? Not really, she's a very understanding uh, woman. She's uh, put up with a lot of uh, shit from me over the years. So I admire her for it, she's uh, my hero. When people say, uh, who's your like idols and things, and I, I've got to say my wife is my hero because she's, we've got some two lovely kids. She keeps a place brand new, clean. She washes everything and everything's washed and ironed and hung up and everything's in place as it should be. And if I need anything, she's on me beck and call. If I say I need dropping off in London, okay. It's not no, whatever, it's what time, where, when. Um, any, any business side of things that I need taught in. I've in got a secretary. Words, a very good personal laptop. Really? Uh, I got a good secretary in Paris. She's good at public relations. She's good at meeting people. She's good at entertaining people. She's good at everything, really. She's an all-rounder. And she's not bad for an old gypsy girl, is she? You know, an old Doncaster Gippo. Uneducated. Oh, she I is educated. educated. Oh, sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. Excuse she you. went to college, sorry. I am educated. We've been slight, I'm not very educated, but a little bit educated. She went to college. Yeah, um, so I have a good wife. And it, was, it is hard in this day and age to get a good wife. And I spent, can you imagine if I was a single man now and I was looking for a wife? The type of uh, people that I'd be attracting, all the gold diggers and all the, the plastic bimbos and all that. Yeah. It'd be hard, you know. Yeah, yeah. Paris wants me for me. Not for, sure? uh, not for who sure? I am, because when I met her, she was 15-year-old. How did you meet? Oh, long story short. On, tell him, tell him short story. <laughs> long story short, there's, he's got an old auntie, but I've knew her all my life, and she's like the matchmaker of the family. She, uh, she come over, and she introduced us when I was 15, he was 17, but look this size, look this age. Coogan, have yeah. you met Frank Warren? We have met before, he Mr. Warren. the man of all men when it comes to promoting. He said he'd get me this big fight, and he's delivered, so... You guys have a great Christmas. New Every year. day's Christmas for me, oh, That will be. Make sure they all are now. We're, we're 28 out of the way, and get See you in a bit. Now, the British Boxing Board of Control has announced it is cancelling all tournaments under its jurisdiction. Uh, that decision due to be reviewed at the start of April. Clearly, it will have huge implications on many big fights, including Anthony Joshua's fight uh, at Tottenham uh, this summer. So, let's uh, try and answer a number of fans' questions. Who better to try and answer those than Eddie Hearn? Eddie, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. Um, just bring us up to date with the latest on your events. Yeah, so we, um, having obviously listened to the government's plans and legislation yesterday, also spoke to the British Boxing Border Control last night and this morning, and we've made the move to um, cancel some and postpone others of all our events in March and April through to the end of April. Um, one event, March 28th, at the O2 Arena between Josh Kelly and David Avenesian will be cancelled, and those fights will be moved to a later card the April 4th event in Newcastle with Lewis Ritson will be moved to June 27th. And the April 24th card with Terry Harper against Natasha Jonas, world title fight, will also be rescheduled for June. Obviously, events in May as well is something that has to be considered right now. They remain. 
as we wait for further news and, and, and really see how this keeps evolving and where it takes us. And Anthony Joshua's fight uh, against Kubrat Pula scheduled for, what, the 20th of June at Tottenham. Uh, can you tell us any more about that? Yeah, at the moment, still in place. I mean, obviously, with the news of the Euros now being cancelled and, and the possible extension of the Premier League season, Spurs where may need that stadium. We don't even know in, in June. We do have an option to run that fight in July as well at the same stadium. Everything now is really a case-by-case -case situation, a day-by-day -day situation of trying to think on your feet. You know, for a long time, we were trying to keep shows intact. We had made various inquiries and reservations with uh, film studios and, and TV studios to try and keep these fights on and behind closed doors. You know, these fighters have been training for a long time. Obviously, we know they get paid when they fight. But of course, now we have a situation where there's much more, more important things to think about and deal with. And sport certainly comes second place to that right now. So it's, it's heartbreak for the sport and particularly for the fighters. But we've got to put it into perspective. We've got to stay safe. We've got to stay healthy. And we can resume once everything's in order. And, and in relation to that Joshua fight, are you at this stage exploring potentially other venues or indeed other countries for it? Not really. I mean, I think that, you know, a requirement for Anthony in this next fight and a necessity for him was to box in the UK. June 20 is a long time away. It's still in our plans. We have been speaking to Tottenham and Spurs and, and making sure that, you know, we're all on the same page. We know we have the same strategy moving forward. Obviously, the Premier League decision will play a big part in a number of sports, um, you know, plans to put new dates in place and, and that fight as well. You know, we also have Dillian White due to fight Povetkin on May the 2nd. We have Derek Chisora due to fight Alexander Usyk on May the 23rd. Uh, Anthony Joshua June 20th. And all of those events are subject to change right now. We hope that they won't need to be moved, but we also understand this is constantly evolving. But for the Anthony Joshua fight, already potential plans to move that fight back to July. We do have a potential date for that, but right now, hoping June 20 can remain the date. Well, look, we know you've said that, that boxers only get paid if they fight, and clearly they won't be fighting for a little while. Is, is there a plan in place for them to get paid even if they don't fight? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is to make sure that every fighter has a new date to work towards. Right now, the British Boxing will, British Boxing Board of Control will make a decision in early April regarding um, the, the game moving forward. The biggest concern for us, well, I think Boris's statements yesterday were a little bit unclear, really, in terms of the number of, of uh, people allowed at mass gatherings. What the British Boxing Board of Control have said, which makes any event a complete no-no is that we're not sure that the right doctors and medics can be provided at these events and more so that if there was an injury at these events that we don't know they could receive the correct and right medical attention as soon as that comes into play it's not even up for consideration so right now all of the fighters that have been due to box do have another date scheduled in for the summer and we've got to make sure that we have that in place and hopefully we can get back up and running as soon as possible. And Eddie, I know you mentioned uh, behind closed doors being be, being an option. I, I know that WWE have announced their events. Some of those sold out with 80,000 spectators will go ahead uh, behind closed doors. What's your reaction to that? Um, for me, I think the, you know, the big marquee events for me, have to take place in front of a crowd. You know, this is a, a dangerous sport. This isn't a scripted sport like the WWE. 
this is a sport where fighters have to peak at key moments to produce great performances. You know, we had a situation where I was talking to Adam Booth about Josh Kelly, who was fighting David Avanesian on March 28th, and I started to talk to him about fighting behind closed doors. And it was almost like, you know, this is the moment of his career so far. We have to get this right. We have to get this performance right. And I'm not sure that, you know, can we do that behind closed doors? It doesn't have that same intensity, that same energy. I think in some situations, on some shows, we can provide content behind closed doors. But as soon as the British Boxing Board of Control said, we can't provide you, we can't guarantee the absolute correct medical staff and the safety of the fighters in that respect, the studio option then goes out the window as well. And we now have to wait for um, you know, the, res- the resumption of live events, not just boxing, but all sports. And this is a, a, a huge blow you know, for so many different people, of course, personally for people who are affected by the COVID-19 virus also businesses and of course sport as well i mean you talk about you know the the and of course the talent and the athletes within those sports as well okay eddie we really appreciate you joining us to bring us up to date on that thanks very much indeed Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders. What do you make of that fight? Do you give Billy Joe a chance of upsetting the apple cart against Canelo? I think he's going to be a very tricky... Um, I think he'll be a really tricky opponent for Canelo. I think his movement in itself is spectacular. He's, he's always been very, very fleet-footed. I remember doing rounds with Billy Joe when I was an amateur and thinking I couldn't hit him with a handful of stones. Um, but the... My head goes with, with Canelo. I just think, you know, I just think he's really clever, um, really intelligent pressure, and I think, you know, just that constant head movement. He won't, he won't give uh, Billy Joe a target to hit. You know, he'll also be making him hit fresh air, and um, I can just see, I can see him sort of potentially getting to him late with body shots. Uh, but it's a fantastic fight, and I really hope that Billy, Billy goes and pulls off the upset because. Yeah, he's a good guy and um, you know, he's, he, it'll be a huge, huge win. Stylistically, are you surprised that Canelo went with Billy Joe as opposed to Callum Smith? Do you think it's an easier fight than the Callum Smith fight for Canelo? More difficult fight? Um, it, will be, it will be more difficult for the first five rounds. It'll be like you know, how Mir Khan was flying around, dancing about, throwing out quick shots. He'll struggle to get his timing in early. But it won't be a physically grueling fight. Like I think Callum Smith will be a much harder puncher. He's much more dangerous. Um, even though Canelo has a chin on like like him like a sledgehammer, he's just got a fantastic chin. But you know he is very very tall, Callum Smith, and got good shot, shot selection. Um, I just you know I think I think they they're clever with their the decision making. Uh, Billy Joe also talks a fantastic game. He will talk it up, he'll raise a lot of profile. They've, they would have looked at all of the angles to, to make it into the event that it's going to be. You know, um, you know, Billy Joe won't, won't you know, he'll say what he feels and in the press conferences and he'll, he'll put it on him. And, um, you know, and I think it will be, a, it'll be like a, a, cat and, a cat and mouse sort of fight. You know, Billy Joe will be creating angles. And all the Mexican fans would get on him, get, you know, get that shot off, and you know it's, it'll be a really, it'll be an exciting uh, a match between boxer versus puncher. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the fight. I am really excited. I would have been really excited if Callum Smith had a box. I just think anyone's, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of Callum Smith's and I, and I hope he gets a big shot um, in the near future. So um, it's just a bit of a, you know, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have a flattering performance against John Ryder in his last one and that might have cost him. Final one on Billy Joe Canelo. We've seen in the past Canelo, you mentioned Amir Khan for the first few rounds. Uh, we've seen him struggle with Arislandi Lara, Austin Trout, that kind of cute, slippery, defensively aware southpaw. But they haven't got the decisions, um, controversially in some instances. Lara, do you think? I, yeah, personally, I had Lara beaten uh, Canelo. Um, I didn't have Trout, and I can't quite understand some people who say that. I, I, I think he beat Lara. Um, Laura was overwhelmingly negative in that fight, anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, in America, they, they definitely favour close rounds. They favour the person that's pushing the pace. And Canelo has always been doing that. But you can see him against Mayweather, for instance. He was very one-paced. And that's something that he's got better at with time. You know, he's understood gears, Canelo. I mean, he's always fantastic head movement, fantastic blocks. He always looks so poised coming forward. Uh, you know, but he does look for that magnificent shot that bang that, that that finishing shot and someone like Mayweather just never gave him it but with that being said he found it against Amir Khan obviously Billy Joe Saunders is a completely fight completely different physical specimen to Amir Khan but um, you know he's going to be hard to he's going to be hard to pin down but I think the you know against Kovalev as well he just he's able to up the pace late on and he has that He's got that X factor about him that, that finds a shot and, and finds a way to win no matter what the size of the opponent and what, what's presented in front of him. He just, he's, he's mustard. I love watching it. Where I was going with that is how important is it for Billy Joe Saunders to at times hold the middle of the ring, try not to just run for 12 rounds and actually earn a little bit of the real estate and, and you know, try and push Canelo back in stages and, and try and land his own shots. It won't happen. I don't see him push I don't see him pushing him back. I see him Billy Joe's got a very good chin. He can take a shot, there's no doubt about that. Um but, you know, he he sort of he's he needs to stay disciplined. You know, sometimes his fighting spirit take, gets the better of him and he throws one or two many punches and you saw against Eubank Jr., which he, he won. You know, at times late on in the fight, he, he wanted to have a trade-up, and that's something that he can't do. He, the only way he can win this fight is on points. It's like the only way he can do it. And he has to win rounds conven convincingly because he's in against the golden boy. He's in against the face of boxing. Um, so I see it as a huge, huge challenge to, to stay disciplined for 12 rounds against him. And as you said, I, don't, I just don't see it. I don't see he's not physically big enough and strong enough to push Canelo back. It's kind of where I was going with that, like not just winning the rounds, but winning the rounds clearly enough that you, you, you win them against the Golden Goose in Las Vegas for hit. Well, so Billy Joe's the defending champion, but Canelo is the, the star of boxing. Can he do that? No. Okay, moving, <laughs> moving on. Um, Alexander Usyk versus Derek Chisora again. And that's not being disrespectful. I just don't think he can. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think. Yeah, you know, I don't think his style is suited to that, as you said, winning the rounds and pushing him back, and and uh, you know because there, there is going to be close rounds, and, and he's gonna he's gonna have to he's gonna have to fight fire with fire at times, and I just see him getting outgunned a little bit.
The British press are now reporting that UCAD have begun an investigation into the claims made by this farmer that he was approached by a member of Team Fury and offered 25 grand in order for him to lie in some written statements and say that he provided wild boar meat for Team Fury, which Tyson and his cousin Huey then used as a defense in their PED case with UCAD. The mainstream press are also reporting that should Tyson Fury be found guilty in a new investigation by UCAD, he could potentially face up to an eight-year ban. Well, before I give you my take on it, I first want to quote Frank Warren again. I quoted him in the last video I did about this subject, and I'm going to quote him again here. So Frank Warren said, The farmer making these outrageous allegations sent me a letter last October full of errors and basically telling me he had committed perjury by signing statements under oath and lying. When I called him, he asked for money. I told him to clear off and get in touch with UCAD. He chose not to speak to UCAD, but instead speak to a newspaper. How anybody can take this man seriously is beyond belief. Tyson has never met this man in his life. What a load of rubbish. We'll leave this with UCAD to look into and don't expect it to go any further. It looks like while the football season has been paused, there's nothing to write about and silly season has instead commenced. Now the funny thing about what Frank Warren said in the previous article I quoted from is that the first thing Frank Warren did was to distance himself from any potential liability by saying, I wasn't Tyson Fury's promoter back then. <laughs> so it's, it's almost like he's saying, I wasn't Tyson Fury's promoter back then, so I don't know what he was up to. So if he is guilty, I had nothing to do with it. That's me reading between the lines by Frank Warren making that statement, or else why would he say it? So that made me laugh because in the next breath, he was defending Tyson Fury and attacking the farmer as if he knew for certain that Tyson Fury was innocent. Well, how could you possibly know whether he was innocent if you're distancing yourself from the situation in the first sentence? <laughs> it did make me laugh. Now, while he might not have been Tyson Fury's promoter back during the Christian Hammer fight, although he fought on, uh, Tyson Fury fought on Frank Warren's shows, Mick Hennessy might still have been his promoter at the time. It's, you know, still a bit funny for Frank Warren to try and distance himself from that situation because it's not just what's written on paper, it's what Frank Warren was actually doing. Because while Mick Hennessy might have technically still been Fury's promoter, he didn't seem to have much input other than for the Klitschko fight. So yeah, Frank Warren being a little slippery there. Now, as I said in the previous video, I personally don't really care whether this farmer is telling the truth or not because Fury has already served the ban. The incident, the Christian Hammer fight took place five years ago. The situation with the farmer was three years ago. I mean, let sleeping dogs lie, man. As far as I'm concerned, it has no relevance to what's going on now. Tyson Fury has been a clean athlete since then. So I don't really care about what happened three years ago, five years ago. It's water under the bridge. However, UCAD might care. We'll see. If they think they've got a case here, 
They might try and sue Tyson Fury for damages because they lost a lot of money with the first case they had with Tyson Fury. So perhaps they'll try and sue him. Now, when it comes to this farmer, even though I don't care whether he's telling the truth or not, he's either got to be extremely stupid, and that's possible, or he's actually telling the truth. Because I can only imagine that a guy who was willing to take a bribe and commit perjury would have to be desperate. He'd have to be in some serious financial difficulty to be making moves like that. And even what he's doing right now, coming out and I'm assuming he sold his story to the press. This must be a guy who's got financial difficulty. Maybe his farm's not doing very well. And he's decided to try and cash in on his story at this point. But if he's lying, then he can kiss all that money he's made from selling his story goodbye because he could easily get sued out of house, home, and business if he's actually lied right now. But if he's telling the truth, then maybe Tyson Fury's got a problem. Because if there really are these written statements from this man and UCAD are able to get hold of them, not too good for Tyson Fury. Now, Fury may choose to see out the rest of his career overseas anyway. He's got a couple fights left on his top-ranked contract, which are going to be in America. And then potentially the Anthony Joshua fight will be in Saudi Arabia. So you know, perhaps it's not going to matter if he gets a ban in the UK. But it will, of course, completely erase any possibility of seeing the undisputed fight in Britain. And that's assuming Tyson Fury is still champion by the time that fight becomes realistic. And assuming Anthony Joshua is still champion by then as well. So, yeah, that's my take on that. I don't know whether the farmer's telling the truth or not. I'm not dismissing the possibility that he is. But even then, I don't really care. As long as he's been clean since. He's served the two-year ban. It is what it is. Let bygones be bygones. Let water, you know, water go under the bridge. Um, it's over as far as I'm concerned. If by some horrific set of circumstances, UCAD and let's say the British Boxing Board of Control were to ban Tyson Fury over this and then managed to influence commissions in America to also ban him, they would be doing boxing a massive disservice. Not because Tyson Fury is the heavyweight division, no, but he's certainly a significant part of the heavyweight division. How could Anthony Joshua possibly call himself the best heavyweight in the world? If Tyson Fury gets banned right now and stripped of all his belts, well, excuse me, all his belts, he's got the ring magazine and the WBC belts or two of his belts, but gets stripped of his belts, Anthony Joshua, let's say, theoretically picks up or hypothetically picks up the vacant belts, Joshua wouldn't be able to call himself the best. So the people putting Tyson Fury in that predicament would be doing all of us boxing fans a massive disservice. And I have to reiterate again, I don't see any motivation for Eddie Hearn or Anthony Joshua 
trying to get Tyson Fury out of boxing. It makes no sense to me. Somebody else could come along and beat Joshua. Eddie Hearn knows that. It's heavyweight boxing at the end of the day. So he would like to see AJ versus Tyson Fury. I've got no doubt about it. I think that Eddie Hearn sees Fury as a more favorable style for AJ than Deontay Wilder. That's my personal view. So I think Eddie Hearn, Anthony Joshua, they would absolutely love nothing more than to fight Tyson Fury. But the people who would seek to snatch that fight away from us, they need to take take a serious chill pill. You know, they need to go somewhere and leave boxing the hell alone because we want to see Tyson Fury in many great fights, not just against Anthony Joshua. There's also the Dylan White fight out there, the Alexander Usek fight, which I know interests a lot of people. So don't do boxing a disservice by not letting this man fight the other top fighters in the division. Even if you've got a grudge against him, don't have a grudge against us. The boxing fans, don't try and deny us one of the best fights of this generation. You know, Don't deny Anthony Joshua the chance to compete and make a load of money, etc., etc. So, yeah, that's my take on it, people. Hopefully nothing comes of it. Hopefully the story just goes away, whether it's true or not. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Hatman merch is now available. We got t-shirts, vests, hoodies, and more. Just click the link below. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today.